I always wanted something like that. When we got it, it's just, it was too much. Yeah. No, um, same. I mean, I'd rather spend my weekends, you know, with you and the kids or going on our hikes, going mountain biking and stuff like that versus trying to clean that thing. I know. Well, that's what I remember you saying. So I don't remember what you said exactly, but you were talking about the payment. And you were like, we could just be doing so much else with this money. Like if we weren't putting it all just, just to live here, like we were paying just to like live in that house, just to stay there. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hi there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Because today is episode 100, I wanted to do something really special, and I'm going to try to get through this without laughing, um, because I felt like it would be really good, really cool to have Tom on the episode with me since he has been a big part of the downsizing journey, the minimalist journey. Um, and people ask a lot of questions about like, how did your husband respond when you said you wanted to downsize? And, you know, how did your husband feel? How did that go? You know, are people who struggle with decluttering because their husbands don't want to. So we're going to dive into all of those things today, since that stuff I get asked about a lot. Uh, just bear with us because while I can do interviews with just about everybody, uh, Tom and I tend to have bouts of the giggles and he's also a 100% introverted person who really is pushing his comfort zone to, to be on this podcast today. So I am very excited, um, to have him on. We're going to dive into all the goodness before we do. I wanted to read one of my, one of the reviews for the unstuffed podcast back to you guys. These reviews mean so much to me. I absolutely love reading them. So if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, I would love it if you took a minute or two minutes to drop a five-star review and leave me a little comment like this to let me know how the podcast is impacting you. Today's review is from Liv V. maybe? It says, we're a match. I don't know if it's your voice, your story, the content of what you're talking, or if I just have found someone that knows exactly what I need to hear. Your podcast makes me feel calmer and makes me want to change even more. I admire the way you turned your life around and you didn't let yourself be another victim of our everyday life. I love how positive you are. 
Thank you for being you. Honest, funny, straight to the point. Love listening to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Livy. Thank you so much, Livy, for taking the time to leave that. Those these types of reviews just make my heart sing um, because this podcast has been something that has been on my heart for years. Uh, so taking those bold steps to actually make it happen is really nerve wracking. So I love so much that it's helping any of you, all of you impacting you guys in some way. Um, and these reviews just mean the absolute world to me. So thank you for that. And now we're going to try to dive into this episode. I don't know how this is going to go, but, uh, hi, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I talk a lot on the podcast about our downsizing, about minimalism and everything like that. But people ask a lot of times, like how you felt about when we downsized. But before we talk about that, I thought it would be fun to talk about uh, when we bought our big house, because it was a really stressful thing, really for you. And it was stressful for me. Um, but do you like, do you want to talk about how you felt before we, <laughs> before we signed the papers to downsize? Cause like, I remember, so what had happened is that we were looking for a house. We were, had all of these expectations. We wanted, um, I wanted like room for a photography studio. We wanted to have rooms for each of the kids. Uh, we had all of these expectations and we had looked through all of these houses. None of them were right. And we were living in Tom's parents' basement for three weeks after our townhouse had sold. And so when we both kind of started to have reservations about our big house, it was just really stressful because our older daughter was living with her friends so that she could be closer to school. We were living in his parents' basement, which was like half hour away. Um, and you know, backing out of the sale would have added a whole level of stress. So like the day we went in to, or the day before the day before we went to sign the papers, how did you feel? Uh, stressed, overwhelmed. I didn't want the house. Um, I felt that it was going to create problems financially. And I was worried about what it was going to do to us with the extra stress that it put on me. I really didn't want that house. Um, I knew the payment was not what I wanted. It was just, I don't know, I was, felt very overwhelmed, really stressed out, and I wanted to back out of it. I mean, obviously, we, <laughs> we kind of rushed and called a different realtor just to go look at a couple other houses to see what else was available. But we yeah. did? I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. We looked at a couple other houses in the, that neighborhood over there. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But yeah. Oh. Remember that one that had that really, really tiny driveway? Yeah, I remember the tiny driveway. I guess I didn't remember that was like a last ditch. That was like, uh, that was two days. We looked at one two days before we signed and one one day before we signed. With a different realtor? Yeah, with a different realtor. Obviously, it was a realtor that was selling those houses. Okay. But they're both in the same kind of same neighborhood, close to where we're living. 
just to see what else was available and all that. But obviously we would have lost our down payment and everything like that. So that was another stressor on top of that. Yeah. So like when you say like the payment would be stressful, this is something that I always think back on. This is something we talk about all the time that, um, we kept getting like an estimate on what our monthly payment would be. And like, as the date got closer to signing the papers, the numbers went higher and higher and higher and higher because you were really concerned about the monthly, the monthly number. And at first we thought it would be like an additional, like three, $400 a month. And that was already like, okay, like that's pushing our comfort zones. But then it was like, no, it's going to be 500 more. No, it's going to be 700. And it just kind of kept climbing higher and higher, like which, and I've learned as a really unprofessional experience for our realtor to have done that, to have given us those numbers and kind of like misled us in that way. Well, then kind of talking me into taking a loan out of my 401k for a down payment. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. That's what. Obviously we use somebody that we thought we could trust. And so it was very difficult. Yeah. It was, it was a really stressful situation, but I don't know. I think I've had people ask me like you specifically, since you were like the sole breadwinner, um, like I had my photography business at the time, but Tom was like our main, you are our main focus, like, which I think is something really good. We decided on just decided to do early on was like, we are going to live off of your income. My income is just kind of like background income. So we always made sure we could get by with just your one income rather than like planning our life off two. Um, I'm thankful for that. But being that main provider, I've had people ask me like, what kind of stress that put on you? Um, well, I mean, because, well, maybe like my position at work, obviously I'm salary. So it's not like I can try and put in, any extra time to get extra hours and extra money and all that. Cause no matter what I work, I'm bringing home the same amount of money. So, I mean, there's times where I felt I needed to go get a second job just to provide because we were living pretty much living paycheck to paycheck yeah. for this house. I don't, I feel like I think back and I'm like, I don't think we needed to. Um, I mean, like we obviously we, I don't feel I don't feel like we manage our money the best and stuff like that. We could have did a better job kind of prioritizing things and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, it's just it was a lot higher than what we wanted to pay. Being in that kind of a neighborhood, you know, it was kind of a a wealthier neighborhood. I mean, than what we were in and all that. Kind of felt like we had to kind of live more of that lifestyle keep up with the joneses yeah keep, keep up with you know everything like that which put a lot of stress on me and i mean just obviously we didn't i didn't feel like we had we didn't have time for each other and our kids really it was just pretty much trying to maintain our house and everything like that so do you think if we could have better managed our money because we were bad at that we just spent like without thought whenever we wanted something we just bought it whenever we like wanted to go out to eat we went out to eat we didn't really think about it i think that was bad but that and then like if you could have let go because this didn't really affect me as much as it did you but like if you could have let go of the idea that like you had to have your house look a certain way or we had to keep up 
So if we were able to manage our money and you weren't worried about what other people thought, do you think we would have stayed in that house or would you have wanted to? Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was, it was a beautiful home. I mean, obviously we kind of liked that neighborhood ever since we lived in that area in our townhouse. Um, after being in that house though, no, it was too much. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I really like that we're in a smaller house. It's easier to maintain. It's, uh, I mean, we spent hours just cleaning that thing. We had multiple rooms that we didn't need that we felt like we had to fill. Um, we, I mean, we don't need that formal dining room. We don't need a formal living room. Right. Um, we didn't need the loft. We didn't need five five bathrooms. I mean, it was just it was too much. It was a, my, I mean, to me, it was just it was too much. I mean, people people love that stuff. Like you know, like those houses and all that. I mean, that's great for them. But I mean, I it's too much for me. Yeah, I know. It was like all these things I was really excited to have. Like I remember our master bedroom had like the double doors. I was like, oh my god, I always wanted the double doors. You know. I never. Well, it was like I remember just walking to turn the light on. Oh yeah, felt like it took an hour. Our very first night staying in in the house, we were like in our bed, and our room was just like a dresser and a bed. Like it's basically we had less than we do now, but the room was like three times the size. It was just huge. And did you go to turn the light on? Yeah, because the lights were off, and Tom was furthest away from the light switch, so. We had the lights off in the middle of the night and he's got up to go turn the light switch on. <laughs> and as he was walking, he goes, I'm almost there. <laughs> like he had to give me an update on where he was because like the journey was so long to get there. Um, and it's kind of funny because it really was. And it was just like something I wanted so bad, but then we got it and it was like, Oh, like this, I just, yeah, it felt like so much excess to me. It felt really gross. Like we don't need all of this space. I mean, I mean, I said, I mean, it was a beautiful house. I mean, I've always, I mean, because obviously, you know, my aunts and uncles had, a few of my aunts and uncles have really big houses, bigger than the house that we lived in. And I was always kind of jealous of it. And I always wanted something like that. And when we got it, it's just, it was too much. Yeah. No, um, same. I mean, I'd rather spend my weekends, you know, with you and the kids or going on our hikes going mountain biking and stuff like that versus trying to clean that thing i know well that's what i remember you saying so i don't remember what you said exactly but you were talking about the payment um like our monthly payment and you were like we could just be doing so much else with this money like if we weren't putting it all just just to live here like we were paying just to like live in that house just to stay there um and you said that, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know, it was just like kind of clicked with me in a way where it was like, yeah, like even if we could free up like 500 bucks or something, like $500, you could do a lot of stuff with. Like we could go on vacations. We wouldn't have to, you know, like less stressful vacations, you know? Because I feel like our vacations at the time, I felt obligated, like we have to go on vacations because I wanted to take vacations with just you. I was always worried about like our marriage falling apart because I grew up in like, all my broken home families. Uh, so I like always wanted to prioritize vacations with you, but it almost felt like just one more thing. Like we have to have this vacation. It just became like another obligation, I think. And then we came home and it just like, I feel like instantly went right back. And even when we went on vacation, we were still stressed. Mm -hmm. 
do you feel like that now like when they go on vacation i mean you are a ball of stress <laughs> so i don't know but um not so much now yeah like i feel like i don't need like when tom and i first went on our first all-inclusive vacation we were both like laying in the pool maybe like had a drink in our hand or nearby and i think like one of us asked the other one like are you relaxed? I think it was me. I was like, are you relaxed? You were like, no, not at all. Like it was like so hard to like unwind and just exist and just enjoy the vacation. And then we came home and it was still stressful to come back home. But I don't feel like that now. Okay. Like I'm happy to come home. Right. I don't um, think I felt that before. I, mean, I actually enjoy when I'm gone now. Yeah. On vacations and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like I enjoy when I'm gone, but are you glad to come home? Um, I mean, <laughs> Depends on where I'm at. Yeah. I'm in the mountains. I never want to come home. But I mean, I like coming home to our house. Yeah. It's simple. It's easy. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I got to come home and the next day I got to spend five hours cleaning it. Right. See, quick, easy pick, pick up. And yeah. After our family downsized our house, we started working to pay off debt and build an actual savings. Because for decades, I would transfer $100 to our savings account, but then I would end up transferring it right back to our checking when we had overspent. So when we downsized, I decided to get serious about saving money for things like emergencies and for fun things like travel. The first thing I did was open a high-yield savings account that was separate from our current checking account. That way, it wouldn't be as easy for me to just pull money out whenever I felt like I needed it, and I knew it would force me to take my spending and my saving a lot more seriously. So if you are in a similar boat and are hoping to up your game when it comes to saving money, one of the absolute best accounts to get started is called Savings Connect. This is a savings account that pays close to 5% when you set an automatic savings deposit of just $100 per month. This is 11 times the national average, which means if you use a current savings account that's attached to your checking, there's a good chance you are not making nearly enough money. So if you're at a place in life where you're committed to changing your financial future and you actually want to start getting some money in the bank, you can get started with a Savings Connect account for as little as $100. Just head to ReneeBennis.com forward slash save to learn more. And I will fill you in on all of the details. That's reneebennis.com forward slash save to learn more. I still remember, and I shared the story before about like when I thought we should downsize. I think I had just been reading a lot of like self-help spiritual books and had come across like the minimalists, their documentary. And I'd read, I think at this point I had read books on minimalism, but it hadn't been like a big thing in my life. And I'd kind of gone through and decluttered my closet and just wanted less stuff to maintain, but it was mostly like a spiritual thing for me. Like I didn't want to be attached to my things anymore, but I remember sitting in like that big green reading chair, which I loved and we probably should have kept since now you're like on a mission for that exact same chair basically. But, um, I was just like, Oh my God, I just had like this epiphany, like this really good idea. But we weren't really talking to each other very much at the time. Like our relationship was really strained. Financially, you were stressed because you were always stressed. I like spent maybe the first year or so, like always trying to make sure you were okay and always trying to be happy. And I was always trying to earn more money. And like, I wanted to be like the buffer to make everything okay because I knew things weren't and I knew you were stressed. And then like, then I decided like, I, 
didn't want to be in charge of your emotions anymore. Cause I'm not, you're in charge of your emotions. But then like, that just kind of meant like, we just didn't really talk anymore then. Cause I wasn't trying to like, you know, be all like happy and cheerful around you anymore. I just kind of kept my distance from you. And so like, I remember coming up to talk to you was like, I was like really excited, but I wanted to like play it really play it cool <laughs> because I, <laughs> I'm such a, like, I have a genius idea. You know, I'm like so quick to have all my wonderful ideas. Um, and you're like so quick to shoot them all down. <laughs> tell me all the things that can go wrong. I tell, you, I tell you the good and the bad. Yeah. You're quick to be like, I'm like, Oh, I have this really good idea. And you're like, well, yes and no, let's talk about why that's not a good idea. <laughs> uh, so I, was just, I give you a pros and cons. Though. Yeah. Largely cons. Um, or maybe I just take it harder because I'm such a, optimist but um i came upstairs you were sitting in our giant bedroom that was still like really empty it was we didn't have anything in it and i think that's a sign like we didn't really want that much stuff we never like filled it i didn't ever want to fill it i've always been i've never had much yeah i never yeah yeah it was this big space and i felt like i had to fill it but i didn't want to like it just felt like too much but anyway you were sitting in there and I remember coming up and kind of being like, hey, you know, we've been kind of stressed. And I just like eased my way into it, but told you that I thought we should downsize. Oh. I I feel like I remember how you responded. Do you remember how you felt? I don't remember exactly how I felt. Um, I just I just felt like like relieved like a big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I mean, like, happy, let's do this. Let's start looking. Um, even though, like, we just refinanced the house because our property taxes kept going up. So, I mean, our house payment kept going up. So we had to refinance. And still, just to get, I mean, still to be paying more than what we originally went in and stuff like that. But I, it was, I was, like, relieved. I, like, I wanted out of that house so bad. And it just felt like like a new a fresh new start. Yeah. That's how I remember. Like I feel like you got like a like your eyes lit up and you got like a smile on your face, but and you were like, but we just refinanced. It was like you were saying all of the con like the th reasons that it would be a bad idea. If we just refinanced and like how are we gonna do this? But yet you were doing it like let's like excited, like you really, really wanted to do that though. Um and something I think back on is something I talk about is like I can't remember what it's called now. I'm thinking now that I'm saying it, I can't think. Um, sunken cost fallacy. The sunken cost fallacy is like people don't want to keep putting money into something or people want to keep putting money into something because they've already put money into it. You know, like I, or people have already invested their time in something. That's like, if you're in a relationship that was like terrible and bad, but you keep staying in it for longer because you're like, well, I've already, we're already together and we already share stuff, you know. 17 years, yeah. 17 years, yeah. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Um, but like with the house, I remember kind of having that feeling like I didn't know about the sunken cost fallacy, but like that someone else would have stayed in the house. People would have stayed in the house because like they're already in the house. They're already putting their money toward the house. But like, I just remember thinking like, there was that part of me that felt like we should just stay here and make this work. But the other part of me was like, or we should just like cut our losses right now and just get the hell out of here. Um, and whatever. And I said, I'm like, whatever thing goes, whatever goes bad, goes bad. Like it's just going to have to go bad because we need to reset. And that was the only way I felt like 
our marriage would survive, our family would survive. And that was way more important to me than just like forcing the house to work. Um, but I think about that and I think about when we first signed the papers, a big part of why we didn't back out of the sale, which seems so dumb to me now, like we were so dumb. <laughs> it's like, we didn't want to back out of the sale. And our, cause our realtor kept saying like, you'll lose that 2000 cause we put 2000 down. Right. And now I'm like, Oh my God, we would have lost on $2,000 big freaking deal. Like yeah. compared I mean, to compared to you figure. Cause I mean, we were uh, what five, $600 more a month than what, than what we wanted to be. We could have easily got something for that price. So we would have made that up in right. three to four months. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, obviously you don't think about that. Yeah, I remember that being a huge thing. And now I'm like, oh, we should have just let go of the 2000 right. and not cared. Um, it would have been hard. It would have been stressful to not buy the house. Now hindsight, it's like, well, that's what we should have done, obviously. And I hear from people who say that because we shared our story, because I talk about our downsides, they don't. They were like, oh, we were about to buy this big house and we didn't, or we were about to upsize and I didn't feel right about it. So I didn't, and thanks so much. Um, it's huge. I think that gut instinct is so important and I've ignored mine so many times in my life. Um, and that was one of the times, but I just tried to like make everything okay. So I know when we started talking about potentially downsizing, I was saying that I really wanted like a one level because that's what my grandma lived in and I loved that house, but you didn't really want a one level at first. At first I didn't know. I mean you like, like uh, a split level. Yeah. I wanna <laughs> you <laughs> Well, I mean I don't know. for some reason I've always liked split entries. Um glad that we're in a, a rambler right now. I would never want anything but a rambler going forward. Um, I just I remember like they were putting up split entries, and we actually looked at them before we moved into that another house, and they were just like reasonably priced and stuff like that. That's why I wanted that. But, but no, no. And then most of the ramblers that that we looked at, I, I didn't like the layouts of them and stuff. But I really like our house. I, like I said, I ramblers the way I want to go. Yeah. And I feel like we allowed ourselves to dream a little bit. I don't know if I've shared on the podcast the story about how we got our house. Maybe I will really quick. Um, but that I feel like we were like, we want a one level and we, we wanted bedrooms for all of the kids if possible. Um, and we wanted like a master bathroom for ourselves because that was something we always really liked having was our own private bathroom really wanted an open floor plan but in our area at the time there was like no ramblers one levels were like not a thing um and we have an unfinished basement and we said like we liked the idea of an unfinished or like a walkout basement uh, so that's one thing our house doesn't have but we actually went and looked at our neighbor's house like i'm literally looking at the house that our neighbors live in. We went there first cause that house was for sale and it's beautiful. Like they had done it really nicely. It's a, what's it called? Modified two story. A modified two story. Um, and I remember I'm such a creeper and I was just talking to, I was just talking to Tom about this the other night, but I'm like, I laid in their bed like a weirdo. And I was like, this isn't, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like my house. Because <laughs> I'm like, but I'm saying like it just didn't feel right. 
but it was like within our price range. It was a beautiful house. It was in the area we wanted to be in. Well, then I mean, like every house that we looked at, I mean, we went to go put an offer on it. So, right, so, so right. it's like you pretty much had to put an offer on anything you, anything you, you were somewhat interested in at the time you had to put an offer on. Yeah. There was that stress behind it. And like, we were starting to look in like different cities, which we didn't really want to do. We liked our city. Yeah, um, I mean, we put, we put some offers in a big lake. And, yeah. Yeah. So I think it just felt really exciting to find something that was nice. That was where we wanted to be. Um, but it just didn't feel right. So we left that house to go put an offer and we went to write up the offer at like a local restaurant with our realtor at the time, our new realtor. And we were leaving and appointed to our house now. We're like, I wish the neighbors were selling. And we kind of like laugh like, yeah, that'd be perfect. Cause it was a one level. We're like, oh, that'd be perfect. That's exactly what we want. Um, our offer was denied on the house, the first house, our neighbor's house. And it was like, maybe I feel like a month later, a couple weeks later, yeah. uh, our realtor called us about our house, about this house and showed us. We we're like, Oh, and it was one of those things like instantly, like we, put our shoes on and got out the door to go come look at this as fast as we could. And I remember being like, Oh, the address is familiar. This is a familiar address. I was like, Oh my God, that's cause it's right next door. And we realized like, this was the house that we literally said we wanted, which is so freaking weird to me. Um, and it's everything. It's, it's everything we wanted except for like, we would have preferred one more bedroom and an unfinished basement, but we may do. No, we have an unfinished basement. Walk up. Walk up basement. Walk up basement. You know what I mean? Okay. So now that we've been here for seven years, over seven years now, uh, and we still have the unfinished basement, but we've talked sort of about finishing it. Do you still want to finish it? I would like to. It's not a, not a priority, but I mean, I would like to. Yeah. I like having a finished basement. I think more and more I'm like easing up to the idea, but like for the last few years I've been like adamant against like, have not wanted to finish it. After Joe and Dana finished theirs, it makes me want to finish ours more. But. Oh, okay. Our neighbors, our neighbors finished their basement. Um, and it looks really nice. I just don't want anything else to clean or vacuum. Like I already vacuumed down there because there's so much Tucker hair, our dog's hair is everywhere. So I already vacuumed the unfinished basement. And all I think is like, let's just be one more place for people to trash and one more area for me to have to clean up. Um, but now that our kids are becoming teenagers. Right. I just think it's something that we can separate us from the kids and their friends and something like that. Yeah. And they don't have TVs in their rooms. So we have one TV. Oh, we have one in the basement. Oh, yeah. Well, do not. We have a TV in the unfinished basement. But it'd be nice to have like a setup. Right. Anyway, so like you were saying, when we were, I was talking about the our old bedroom, um, that we didn't really like have a bunch of furniture in it or anything like that. And I felt overwhelmed at the idea of adding more furniture, which I didn't think I would. I was so excited to like, you know, I loved the idea of having a loft and things like that. And then we had the loft and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this space? I, I don't know. Like, I just felt like I'm going to have to fill it, but fill it with what? Like, we don't need another couch. We already had, we already had a family room. We had a living room. We had a formal living room. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with a loft? It just felt like so much. And I was like, I guess I could make it into like a library space, but that would be like another couchy area. And like, how many couchy areas do we need? Um, but it wasn't like a normal size loft. It was, it was huge. Well, yeah, but what's a normal size loft? <laughs> I don't know. It, it was a big space. But when we already had all these other spaces, it was just, it felt like so much. Um, 
But yeah, one thing I tell people is that you were very minimalist when I met you. And I wasn't so much. Talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, like, you're the reason that I learned to have less. I don't, I don't, I've never liked clutter. I, I don't like clutter. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like having, I don't like having stuff around that I don't use and that I don't need. Uh, I've always been one, like if I had something and I didn't use it for a few months, whatever, I just felt like I don't need it. Don't need to hang on to it. Get rid of it. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I never really liked having stuff around that. I don't feel that I need, but let somebody else, somebody else needs to let them, let them have it, let them use it. I, yeah. I just, I've always felt like that. I, a, I, I just don't like having extra stuff, extra stuff to take care of extra stuff to clean up though. No, I get it. You've always, you're always really quick, but I mean like a little too quick in my opinion, where I, I think like, um, you know, like, you like something would get <laughs> dirty and you would just be like, throw it away. And it was like, well, no, like how about we clean the dirty thing? You know, that kind of thing, like repair some of the stuff. And maybe, I mean, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff was obviously I got, <laughs> get rid of it too quick and then I'd end up buying a new one. Yeah. A couple months later and stuff like that. But, but for the most part, I think it's been okay. But like, I know when I first met you, I was like a big pack rat. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, tell me if you do, but like, when we first started dating, I and I moved into your apartment with you. I bought, I brought like my big box of like memories, and it was just like a big memory box from like mostly high school stuff. And I was like trying to walk through each thing and like tell you about it, <laughs> and you just looked so bored, <laughs> like you did not care at all. And I just kind of realized, like, I guess the stuff really isn't important, you know? Like it kind of, it didn't make me feel sad. Like I didn't feel like you were being mean. You could just see your like lack of enthusiasm on your face where I was like trying to make you like laugh about a pipe cleaner I think it was like a pipe cleaner and I'm like no but like something really funny happened but I couldn't remember what it was like and that's what I mean like I was like hoarder like I had like pipe cleaners and, like balloons and like just random pieces of stuff that I had collected from high school and now I think back and I think I was probably high school is a really tough time for me that was like I my relationship with my dad was broken I no longer talked to my first stepdad my mom and my current stepdad were fighting all the time like my home life was a joke so I like really clung to my friends so I think by having all of those memories like it felt like I can keep the good times like kind of hang on to the highlights of my life but I actually decluttered my um my memory box because of because of you You're do you remember that though or no I remember you having the box. I remember, well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you tried to introduce me to everything in there. Yeah, <laughs> I did. And the closet. So I remember that. And then I remember like uh, my closet when we met, like I would just shove everything in my closet. It was just like there. I would like scoop up all the hangers and just dump them in the closet and all the hangers would overlap. And you were like, how do you, you're, you hated that my, my hangers overlapped one another. And that, like, I had, like, wire hangers, plastic hangers, like, whatever kind of hanger was just, like, all in there and shoved together. But, like, 
you know, t- do you want to tell the audience, t- Tom, what your closet looks like? It's neat and organized. But like specific <laughs> hangers for specific shirts. Oh. You know. I like the wood hangers for my shirts. <laughs> so, 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 they <laughs> so they don't leave those little... Little nipples on little, your shoulders. Little nipples on my shoulders <laughs> that the plastic hangers do. Um, I like them. My stuff's like color coordinated from light to dark. Color coordinated from <laughs> black to blue to white. <laughs> That's it. I got gray now. Well, uh, okay. Gray. But I have like my t-shirts, my polos, and then my long sleeves. Yeah. I got the thicker plastic hangers for my pants. Because those thinner ones leave creases. In them. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, it's just so funny. Like I, I just like didn't care at all. Everything was just shoved in there. However, the heck I could get it in. And um, they was perfectly spaced apart. Yeah, finger width apart hangers. <laughs> I'm not quite there, but I did adapt. Like now I have all white hangers and I have like wood ones for my pants. But that's, that's, I remember the day I color coordinated my stuff and. I like was so excited to show you. I was I like rainbow color coordinated all my clothes, and I think I separated them like yours were, and it was so much easier. So like I appreciate those little quirks. All right, feels like we're winding down. Are we done? Huh? We're done. Yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to share with you guys a little bit about Tom's side because I can say Tom's side all I want, but um. I don't know. I think it's kind of nice to hear both people's perspectives. So my other thing that I tell people, this is what I should really say is because a lot of times I hear from people, my spouse doesn't want to declutter, but I want less. And one thing I always say is like, you never told me I should have less. You never were like, get rid of your stuff. It's too much. You're driving me crazy. You were never like, I, I really don't care, I guess. I mean, if that's, stuff that you want and stuff that you feel that you have to have that's fine i just i don't want the i don't need the extras extra clutter i i don't want it yeah i've always i mean i've i've, I've always lived a minimal lifestyle yeah that's what i always say like i appreciate that about you and i think that like because if you would have been like you should get rid of that me- that memory box or you should clear some of this out or you've got too many clothes uh, I would have like dug in my heels and wanted more clothes and I would have never gotten rid of my memory box because like you're threatening it. You're trying to take it away from me. Um, by you not saying anything, it made me like, made me want to just by seeing how much easier everything was for you to manage. Like your laundry took less time. You know, you just like things like that. Like it would, it was easier for you to put stuff away. It took so much time for me to put stuff away. Yeah. Do you have anything nice to say about me? You're great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Happy episode 100, you guys. <laughs> um, I, I hope this was helpful. I hope it was kind of maybe fun to listen to. And we got through it okay. A lot of times Tom and I can get into like little giggle giggle fits where we just can't even speak. So I think we did a pretty good job, but here's our little two-sided perspective of our downsizing journey. Um, I'm really glad we were able to share it with you guys. Thank you for hanging out with me for the last hundred episodes. Uh, It means so much. And to have been able to go through 
the last year and a half, almost two years now with the podcast, sharing all of these different things, all of the journeys, all of the changes that I've made. Um, yeah, it feels pretty awesome to be able to bring episode 100 to you, kind of going back to the very beginning, I guess. Good job, lovey. Thanks. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love. Until next time.